You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you would look with me this morning to the book of James, kind of toward the back of the New Testament, James chapter 1. You can grab the sermon notes there if you would like. Follow along. Well, today we're, we're actually picking up where we stopped last week um, as we're talking about how can we better hear from God or, or how can we discern uh, the voice of God. From the brief survey we took last week, I think most of us, if not all of us, really want to know how can we better connect with God? How can we better communicate with God? How can we, how can we better hear from God? Now before I, I jump into the message this morning, I want to make you aware of a great resource that actually generated the idea for this sermon. Uh, it's a book that was written by um, Pastor Robert Morris, and the title of the book is actually Frequency. Uh, it's a great book. So if you want to read deeper and study deeper on this subject of how can I better hear from God, I would highly recommend that you pick up a copy of his book. Um, it's accurate. It's applicable. Uh, great information. So again, if you want to go deeper, I would highly recommend Pastor Morris's book. But last Sunday, we talked about the fact that our God is a speaking, communicating God. Not only has God spoken in the past, but he's still speaking today. He desires to process life with us. Now, that's a pretty amazing fact to think that the God of the universe, the God who spoke the world into existence, the God who lacks in no way, desires to process life with uh, human beings like us. But in John 8, 47, Jesus said these words, He who is of God hears God's words. He who is of God, what does that mean? It means this, if you are a Christ follower, if you're a believer, if you put your faith in Christ, if you belong to God, then Jesus went on to say, you have the ability to hear God's word. So this should not be something abnormal, rather it should be something normal. Remember, I would say the normal way that you and I as believers, as Christ followers, should process life is that we're daily in communication with God. As I said last week, how many of you know communication is not like one way? Are you with me? If, I, if I'm doing all of the talking and you're just listening and you never talk, we're not communicating, Right? I'm just talking. But communication is what? When I talk and I listen and you talk. And so we're back and forth. And it's, I believe it's that kind of relationship that God desires to have with us. That's why Jesus said, he who is of God hears God's words. So last week we, we identified that God wants to communicate with us. We also looked at four foundational truths about hearing God's voice. Let me give these to you really quick. In case you were not here last Sunday, we said first, our ability to hear God is part of our DNA. In other words, it's how God's wired us. It's how he fashioned us. We are created in his image and his likeness. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, the scripture says we've been created in the image and likeness of God. So it's in my DNA. It's your. It's in your DNA to be able to hear from God. Not only is our ability to hear from God innate, but it's learned. It's something that we learn. Even as a child learns to communicate, so we can learn how we can better hear from God. And that's part of the reason that we're talking about this. How can you better hear from God? Then we also said our ability to hear from God should mature. So as we're growing in our relationship with God, as we're investing in our relationship with God, then we should be able to better discern His voice. It's a part of the maturation process. And then we also said hearing from God requires us to take time to listen. We need a space and a place. In the noise of our world, we need to create that place where we can actually listen to the voice of God. 
So today, we want to talk about the how. How does God speak to us? In, in what ways can we expect God to communicate to us? Because if it's a part of our DNA, and if, if God speaks, God speaks, right? Good. Thank you. God speaks. We even had a, somebody had to think about it a minute. Um, if God speaks and he does, then how can we expect him to communicate to us? What does that what does that look like? What does that sound like? There's a cute story about a little girl who was playing outside one afternoon. All of a sudden she came running into the house to her mother. She was screaming, there's a lion, there's a lion in the backyard. Her mother jumped up, tore back the curtains and saw a St. Bernard kind of wandering slowly across the lawn. The mom said to the little girl, honey, you know that's not a lion. That's Billy Smith's dog from across the street. She said, I want you to go upstairs and ask God to forgive you for telling a lie. So obediently, the little girl went upstairs. A few minutes later, she came down smiling. Well, said the mother, what did, you, what did God have to say about, about you lying? And, and she said, well, God told me it was okay. The mother says, what do you mean God said it was okay? She said, yeah, God said the first time he saw Billy Smith's dog, he thought it was a lion too. <laughs> So God speaks, right? Even to a little girl, maybe he's not into the lying thing, but God speaks to us, not so much in an audible voice, not so much like God calls us on the cell phone, although uh, if he wanted to, he certainly could, but, but God speaks to us most of the time spirit to spirit, and that's what we want to talk about this morning. Um, he speaks to us in a variety of ways, and he speaks to us because he wants to be our friends. God desires that kind of relationship with you, a friendship. God designed us to communicate with Him on a personal level and in a personal way. See, God's not some like big deity seated off in the heavens, far removed from us. Rather, He's a God who desires to connect with us, to communicate with us, and to process life with us. Now, certainly God is sovereign. Certainly God is supreme. Certainly He's the Almighty One. But again, don't miss this. God desires to have this friendship relationship with us. Matter of fact, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. John chapter 15. You don't have to turn there, but listen as I read these words. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. So today, we have the privilege of enjoying a relationship with God in which we are His friends. And as friends, God God wants to consistently, continually communicate to us. See, here's the good news. We don't have to process life on our own. Isn't that good news? In other words, I don't have to figure this out all on my own. I don't have to figure out how to be the man of God, the husband, the father that I need to be all on my own. I don't have to figure out how to lead a congregation of wonderful people like yourself all on my own. This is not for me to figure out, okay, how smart can I be? How wise can I be? How well can I lead all on my own? My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is in the God who leads me. And that should be your confidence as well. And the good news is what we have help. We have one who wants to process life with us. Matter of fact, James, the scripture we want to read this morning, James chapter 1, James very clearly says that, that we should ask of God. As we're processing through life, as we're trying to figure out, as we're making decisions, 
as we're seeking direction. But we have help. So let's look at what James has to say. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom. Now, how many of you know if any of you includes all of us? Are you with me? If any of you includes all of us. So this, we could say this passage of Scripture is specifically for us today, right? Are you with me? If any of you lacks wisdom, notice what you should do. You should ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So within this passage of Scripture, we discover that God does guide us and He speaks to us, and we're encouraged to ask of God. And as we ask God for wisdom, guidance, and help, we should expect God to reveal truth. We should expect God to speak to us. So according to what James wrote here, we should first, we should first seek God's guidance. We should seek His ongoing help as we're, as we're processing life. Again, look back to verse 5. James clearly says what? Ask God. Now if we're asking God, what well, we should expect an answer, right? I mean, if your children come asking you, a question what they expect an answer right or if you're married if you ask your mate a question what you expect an answer in the same way James says if you lack wisdom if you need guidance if you need help as you're processing life he says you should ask God and then he goes on to say that God then brings revelation he says if we ask God God gives wisdom God gives insight but notice James also says that we should expect to hear from God so we should ask God reveals, but there should be this expectancy in how we're processing life and that we're expecting God to show up, to speak to us, to communicate to us, to give us guidance as we are processing life. Now, since our God is a, is a speaking God, what are some of the ways that He speaks to us? As I said last week, I believe that God is consistently, constantly speaking to us. Our challenge is, is oftentimes we're not aware of how God speaks to us, and we don't recognize His voice. Again, I don't think the issue is God speaking. For me, that's settled. I think the issue becomes with us. We're not recognizing. We're not hearing. Maybe the noise is too loud. Maybe we're moving too fast. Maybe we've not become accustomed to hearing God's voice. But I'm confident God is consistently speaking. So how does God speak to us? In the Bible, we find ten different ways that God spoke. Ten different ways. And what I want to do this morning is I want to take ten ways and I want to summarize it into four. So we have a chart. You have a chart there in your notes, a little diagram um, that we've put together. I hope that will help um, communicate how God speaks to us. Also, we're going to have it on the screen. What I want to do is I want to talk to you the big picture of the diagram. And then I want to go to each of these statements a little deeper. But first, let me give you the big picture of the diagram that we have on the screen as well. You have there in your notes. What we see here is God speaks to us predominantly, not limited to. How many know God can do whatever He wants to do, right? So I'm not limiting God. I'm just saying that the dominant ways that God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit is summarized in this diagram. First, I'm just going to kind of walk, walk through this. First, we have people. God can speak to you through, through other people. God can bring revelation to you through someone else. 
God can um, bring revelation, and the revelation can be what I would call either natural or supernatural, or maybe we'd say normal and and supernatural. But revelation is when, when God reveals something to you that you did not otherwise know. It could happen by the Holy Spirit simply prompting your spirit, because we are a three-part being, right? We're body, soul, spirit, right? Body, soul, spirit. So the spirit communicates, the Holy Spirit communicates to our spirit, and oftentimes it's a prompting. And, and again, I think this is where oftentimes we miss it, is we're not, we're not accustomed to recognizing the prompting of the Holy Spirit when there comes a point of revelation. The revelation could also be something... Um, like I would say, more supernatural, maybe a dream, a vision, and angelic visitation. But there's revelation, and then there's circumstances. Oftentimes, God can speak to us through situations that happen in our lives. Um, and from that, reveal direction or guidance or truth for us. And then the outside circle is God's Word. God can speak to us, does speak to us through His Word. And the way we have created this diagram, we put God's Word around the outside because God's Word is really the foundation of. It's the truth that never changes. And so what we always want to make sure of is that, um, say for example, if someone comes to you and says, I have a Word of God for you, in other words, God spoke to me and I'm sharing this with you. You want to make sure that it aligns to God's word. If it doesn't align to God's word, then what? It can't be true, right? So let's say, for example, someone comes to you and says, hey, I have a word of the Lord for you. You're supposed to leave your mate and marry this other man. Now, how many of you know that doesn't align with God's word? If it doesn't align with God's word, then it can't be truth, right? So, so the foundation of all of this is God's Word. So four ways that we can hear God's voice, people, revelation, circumstances, and then God's Word. So let me now go a little deeper into each of these four ways that, that God can speak to us. The first would be through revelation. Now the word revelation simply means something's been revealed to you that you didn't have prior knowledge of. But that's a revelation. Something someone's just brought revelation, or God's just brought revelation for you. Now, the role of the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, is to reveal, to bring revelation of truth for us. Matter of fact, listen to what Jesus said. John 16, verse 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. A revelation. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is what going to reveal truth. And then in Acts chapter 2, in Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, he quoted from the prophet Isaiah and talked about the coming of the outpouring of the Spirit. And, and young men would dream dreams and the old men would have vision. What revelation. That God would, in supernatural ways, bring revelation of truth for us in our lives. Now, as we, as we think of revelation being a way that God speaks to us, it usually happens in two ways. And I, I just mentioned this earlier, but let me say it again. What I would call normal and supernatural, or maybe you call it natural and, and supernatural. For me, the normal point of revelation is when the Holy Spirit prompts my spirit with information that I, didn't, that I, that I did not have prior to. Let me give you an example of it. This happens quite often for me. Uh, in my role of shepherding this congregation, there's a, there's a whole lot more of you than they are of me. Matter of fact, I'm quite outnumbered. 
And so for me to be able to do what I'm called to do, I, I just I pray all the time, Holy Spirit, you got to help me. My talent's not enough. My experience is not enough. My knowledge is not enough. Holy Spirit, I need help shepherding this, this congregation of Grace Covenant. And I, I really depend on that. I lean on that. And quite often, not like on a daily basis, but quite often, a couple times a week, the Holy Spirit will like bring someone to my mind. Someone like, I wasn't thinking about them. I had no reason to be thinking about them. And all of a sudden, I have an impression in my spirit, in my mind. Usually the way it happens for me is I, I literally like see a face. And maybe it's one of you. And I know when that happens, I, man, I get back to the church. I get a phone number. And in that day, I usually call that individual because I know something's up. And 99% of the time, 99% of the time, that individual is going through some kind of crisis. Maybe it's a spiritual crisis, a marital crisis, a financial crisis. They're in some point of crisis. Not that I have the answer, but in that, I'm able to bring encouragement, counsel, direction, and prayer. How did I know that? It, it could only come by revelation. Listen, I'm not that smart. But the Holy Spirit revealed. So the Holy Spirit brought revelation, spirit to spirit, prompting me. Does this make sense? Okay, bringing revelation so that I could respond to it. That's just that's a simple way that the Holy Spirit communicates to us. And then there's the supernatural. The supernatural would be uh, what I identify as visions and dreams. Maybe um, an operation of the gift of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. These are supernatural ways that the Holy Spirit manifests to communicate to us. But one of the key ways that God speaks to us is through what we would call revelation. He reveals truth. Um, he brings counsel, guidance, encouragement, and direction to us and for us by the Holy Spirit. God can also speak to us through circumstances. This would be situations that are not an ordinary process of life. And it's through these experiences in which God can communicate to us. And let me quickly give you two illustrations of this. One would be the story of Jonah. If you go back into the Old Testament, there's a book by the name of Jonah that's about a prophet by the name of Jonah who had a, who had a word of direction from God. And it was this, go to Nineveh, which was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, said, I want you to preach a message of repentance. Well, Jonah didn't like the Assyrians, so he didn't want to go. So he heads in the other direction. Uh, he's on a boat going in the other direction. There's this huge storm. God brings a huge storm. In the midst of the huge storm, they figure out Jonah's the problem. I'm making this really quick. You can check it out. But they figure out Jonah's the problem. He's thrown overboard. There's this fish that swallows Jonah three days in the belly of a fish to think about this whole situation. He's vomited up on the seashore, and he decides he's going to go to Nineveh and do what God tells him to do. What, would you say there's some circumstance in that? Yeah, what God was using circumstances to communicate, to direct Jonah. And oftentimes, again, in our lives, through circumstances, God communicates to us a point of direction. A couple, 18 months ago, two years ago, my wife and I couldn't, we couldn't get clear direction on whether we were to sell our farm or not. Um, it seemed like there was a change of season and we, we fasted and we prayed. And just really, to be honest, I couldn't get clear direction. So my wife and I decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to put the farm on the market. And if it sells, then that'll be the answer. If it doesn't sell, that'll be the answer too. And the quite long story, but through several circumstances 
uh, the farm didn't sell. And so we're still on the farm and we're loving every minute of being on the farm. We readjusted our life um, in, in a different direction. But it was through the circumstances that God revealed to us a point of clarity of direction for our lives. He'll be the same for you. Um, so through circumstance, oftentimes God can communicate to us concerning His direction, concerning His will for our lives. God can also speak to us through people. Through individuals sitting to your right or left. Folks that you're processing life with. What God can speak through them. In Proverbs 1.5, Scripture says, Let the wise listen and add to the learning. Let the discerning get guidance. You know, we have numerous illustrations in the Bible where God spoke to people through other people. I mean, we could talk about Samuel speaking to King Saul. Uh, We could talk about um, Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. We could talk about Ananias speaking to Paul. We could talk about Paul speaking to Timothy. And the list goes on and on. Oftentimes what God speaks through people to bring that of his message or his direction or or his counsel. Um, the, the caution here, though, is, is you always want to make sure that there's confirmation of what's being said to you. Because this can get a little dangerous. I've been in Pentecost churches all my life, 52 years old, 51, soon to be 52. And I've seen some weird stuff happen and weird stuff said in the name of the Lord. Um, and so you always want to weigh that out. You want confirmation as to the information being shared. But oftentimes God does speak through people. And I want to give you a positive illustration of this and a negative illustration. So here's the positive. I'll start with that. In the year 2000, we were building this building. We were about 80% through with this first building here on our campus. At the same time, my wife and I were, were building a home in Davidson. It was about 70% complete. In the midst of that, the denomination called and said, hey, we would like for you to leave Grace Covenant and go to Texas and be a district supervisor overseeing six states. Uh, And so here we are building a church, building a home, $4 million project that I had led this congregation into and the denomination saying, hey, we want you to leave that and come do this. And they perceived it as, as a promotion. And now I'm in this fix, like, what do I do? What what's the right? I mean, these are my authorities. These are the folks who are who I'm responsible to. And they're saying we want you to do this. And yet I I had my responsibility here. And so I was so torn and and I was in the process of, of just really, God, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. My life's not my own. Settled that a long time ago. God, what do you want me to do? And I was praying and I was fasting and I was seeking And in the midst of this, my wife and I were actually uh, residing in a mobile home at this point. Out, if you know where Outback Steakhouse is, just beyond that. Our home's being built. We're in a two-bedroom mobile home. Six o'clock in the morning, I'm out walking on the little road that runs down in front of Outback Steakhouse. Six o'clock in the morning, I have a cup of coffee. and, And I'm just, man, I'm wrestling with, God, what do you want me to do? They're pressing me for an answer. I've got to give an answer. I don't know what to do. God, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm, I'm, man, I, if there's anything I've ever got right, God, I've got to get this right. And, and literally, I'm having this kind of conversation with God. It's dusky dark because it's 6 in the morning, and I hear someone running behind me. And this gentleman comes up and stops right beside me. And honest, honest to God, it's my pastor friend from Hawaii. 
Wayne Cadero, pastors of congregation of about 10,000 folks in Hawaii. Here I, I'm in North Carolina, he's from Hawaii, and we're out on a little road in the middle of nowhere, 6 o'clock in the morning, and he comes running up beside me. And he said, Farrell, I, I know what the denominations ask you to do, pretty big deal, big decision you have to make. He says, I, I don't have an answer for you, I'm, I'm praying for you. But he said, i got to tell you, I really believe that God's called you to be a resource pastor here in this community. He said, I wish I had more time to talk with you, I've got to catch a flight. Um, and he took off running. He was staying down by, in the hotel down by the Bob Evans, if you're familiar with the area. How many of you know I just got my word? Pretty clear. But God spoke through a person really clear to bring direction and clarity for my life. Now, let me give you a negative illustration. Three years ago, I had someone in my office um, who was trying to sell me us, trying to sell us as a congregation on an investment in a gold mine in Alabama, imagine. Um, And he brought a pastor with him, and the pastor was sharing about this revelation he had from God about this investment and how we were going to leverage that for the good of the kingdom. He wanted me to invest a million dollars from Grace Covenant, and he wanted me to give him the names of individuals in Grace Covenant who would also be able to invest a million dollars in this plan. Um, sounded a bit fishy to me, even though they had heard from God. Uh, and so I said, I listened to what they had to say, and I sought some other wise counsel, because I believe that when someone says they have a word from the Lord, that information should always have confirmation. So I sought out some wise counsel, and they said, you don't want to do that. We don't want anything to do with that. We don't want to be a part of that. And interesting, um, recently, the individual who was in my office was just arrested on scams. Now, amazing, so we have two situations where individuals were both saying, have a word from the Lord for you. Obviously, one was right on and one was not right on. My point simply being this, God can speak to you through other people. He does often. But again, there always needs to be confirmation of the information. Just because someone says, hey, and they put it in a real spiritual uh, way, hey, I have a word from the Lord for you. Listen, it doesn't always mean it's a word from the Lord. Here's what I often do is I say, whoa, I think I'm going to take that. And this is how I state it. I'm going to put that on the shelf for a while. I'm going to put that. And if it is truly a word from the Lord, how many of you know God can confirm what he wants you to know? So I take it and I literally, I put it on the shelf. And we'll just see what God has to say about that. But God can speak to us, and he has spoken, and he still speaks today through people. Here's a fourth way that God can speak to us, and it's through his word. Obviously, every scripture is God's word for us. But oftentimes, while you're reading the Logos, you get a rhema. When you're reading the Logos, you get a rhema. So what's the Logos? The, the word Logos actually is word. This is the Logos. This is the written word of God. All 66 books. The Logos. Oftentimes when you're reading the Logos, you get a rhema. What's a rhema? A rhema, the Greek word rhema means a word on time in season. So this is how oftentimes it works. And, and I would say... Maybe this is the dominant way that God speaks to us by His Spirit. It's through the Word. So here I am in the recliner any morning of the week, and I'm in the Logos, because it's what I do every morning. This morning I was up early, I was in the Word. I'm in the Logos, 
And as I'm in the Logos, it's like there's a passage of Scripture that's highlighted. Or there's a passage of Scripture that jumps off the page and, and captures my heart. What is that? All of a sudden, I got a rhema. From the Logos, I got a rhema. From the Logos, I got a word in time on season for my life. Now, oftentimes, what the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word. And that's why it's so important, folks, that you're in the Word. Now, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. God said to Joshua, Joshua, I want you to meditate on the Word. Or we might say it like this, Joshua, I want you to chew on the Word. I want you to reflect on the Word. And this is what I would submit to you. As you spend time in the Word, in the Logos, what's going to happen is you're going to begin to get rhema. God's going to speak to you from the Word. But again, folks, listen, it's really simple. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. If you don't spend time in the Word, you're not going to hear from God from the Word. Make sense? So what? that's why I consistently, continually encourage you as your pastor all the time. You have to create a consistent healthy routine of a constant diet of God's Word. Because again, I think this is the dominant way that God speaks to us, is through His Word. So then it has to be, it has to be a priority for us in our lives. So God has spoken, and He's still speaking today. Would you agree with that? He has spoken, and He's still speaking today. Now, I certainly don't want to limit how God can speak to us. I mean, He spoke to Moses through a burning bush, right? He spoke to Balaam through a donkey, right? He spoke to uh, Joseph and Mary by an angelic visitation. So my point being, God can speak to you in any number of ways that he wants to speak to you. He can call you on your cell phone if he wants to. So I'm not trying to put God in a box. But what I would say is what I've just spoken of is the four dominant ways that God speaks to us. So in in the, the answer to the question, how is through, oftentimes it's people or it's through revelation. Um, it can be through circumstances or through God's Word. But as I, as I wrap this up this morning, I want to talk with you about how we then can align ourselves to hear God. So we've talked about how God speaks. So how can we align ourselves to hear God speak? I, I think the first, and I, I just mentioned it, but we need to meditate on God's Word. To meditate means to read quietly, to reflect on. As we meditate on God's Word, then what we can expect God to speak to us from His Word again, the Logos becomes Rhema. It becomes a word on season, in season, for your life, with what you're processing. So how can we align ourselves to hear from God? I think first it's through meditating on His Word. And that it becomes consistent in your life. And that this it's just how you do life. You get up in the morning and you start your day with God in the Word. So you meditate on God. Here's the second way that, that we can align ourselves to hear from God, and it's to engage in worship. Psalm 22 verse 3 says this, that God inhabits the praises of His people. So as we worship privately, and as we worship corporately, then this is what we should expect. We should expect to hear from God. Hear me, it's not just the pastor that hears from God. Yeah, often I've heard, you know, well, okay, preacher, you've got to get a word for us. Listen, you can get your own word. 
Stop depending on me to get you a word from God. Now, I can do that, and I believe I do that. I believe that God speaks to me and speaks through me, not because I'm somebody special, simply because I've embraced the assignment that God's given me. But this is what I believe for every one of you. Consistently, continually, you can hear from God. You need to create the atmosphere, though, for that to happen. And that's why worship is so significant. Again, both personally and corporately. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of His people. I think a a third way that we can align ourselves to hear from God, and I mentioned this last week, but I want to hit it again this week, is you have to create time to listen. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. It's that whole concept of creating the place and the space. In the midst of our noisy world, in the midst of all the pressure and all the demands that's on your life, you've you've got to find the time, the place, Because it's really difficult to hear in the midst of all of the noise. So you've got to create a time to listen. And I think the last way that we can align ourselves to hear from God is to embrace the practice, uh, excuse me, to embrace the practice of, uh, of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. There's something about this discipline of fasting that we're engaging in over the next 21 days beginning Tuesday that really tunes us in to the voice of God. Matter of fact, throughout Scripture, and I'll be talking about this Wednesday night, we're just going to historically look at fasting from a biblical perspective. But it's amazing how many stories are recorded in the Bible of God clearly speaking, God clearly bringing revelation, direction, when individuals sought Him through prayer and fasting. Matter of fact, a great passage of Scripture, Acts 13, verses 1 and 2, talks about the early church as the early church had gathered in a setting like this and they were ministering unto the Lord through prayer and fasting. And as they were ministering unto the Lord through prayer and fasting, God spoke to them concerning the sending out of the first missionaries. Paul and Barnabas were sent out as the first missionaries of the early church. But God spoke as they were ministering unto the Lord through prayer and fasting. So my hope is, is that this... 21-day journey that we're launching into on Tuesday is not just an event on the calendar. But what I would encourage you to is a consistent way of life. That you would just say, wow, this is so important. I'm going to build this into the daily, to, to the weekly, yearly rhythm of my life. I know for myself personally, I, I schedule, throughout the year, I schedule fast times of fasting in, into my yearly schedule. Why? Because it's critical for me to be able to align myself so that I can clearly hear the voice of God. So I would encourage you to do the same. Okay, there's something about this discipline of saying, God, I'm going to deny myself so that I can focus on you. I'm going to deny myself so that I can clearly hear from you. That God, man, it's like we can better hear. It's like our ears are more open. Our spirits are, are more sensitive to the voice of God. So God has spoken and He's still speaking. I'm grateful today that we that we serve a speaking God. I'm grateful that He, he didn't lose His voice some 2,000 years ago. I'm grateful that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He desi- he's a God who desires to have intimate relationship with us. 
and have intimate relationship where there has to be communication. So may we be responsive to, may our ears be in tune to. As again, as I said earlier, let me come back to it again. Our God's a speaking God. He's consistently, continually speaking. So may we have an... May we have a raised awareness to be able to recognize His voice. And then, it's not just recognizing His voice. We have a responsibility to steward His voice. To steward what we hear. Listen, if you're not going to do what God says, then why would He keep talking to you? There is a stewardship responsibility. Not only, God, that we would hear Your voice, But then the second part of that, may we have courage to carry it out. So I want to conclude today the same way I concluded last week. With this question. How many of you would say, wow, I just want to be able to better discern the voice of God. I want to be able to, to be more aware of His voice and His guidance in my life and for my family. Anyone besides me? Well, Lord, here we are again, humble before you, declaring this, God, our great need of you. Lord, I know for everyone in the room today, Lord, in our lives, we need you. God, we need wisdom. We need guidance. We need counsel. We need direction. God, we we are desperate, God, in our daily lives to hear for you. Lord, for the men here today who are husbands and, and fathers, God, what I know is to be the spiritual leader that you've called them to be, God, they need to be in connection with you, hearing from you. For the ladies here today who are, who are moms and, Lord, in partnership in a marriage relationship, Lord, desperate to hear from you. God, in our work life, Lord, for students here today who are in the process of high school or college, God, what I know is, God, every day, God, we need to be hearing from you. So, Holy Spirit, my prayer today for all of us is that, one, we would be aware, God, that you do speak. Lord, even as James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, lacks guidance, needs help, James says we should ask you. And as we ask an expectation, God, you speak. So may we have ears to hear. May we have hearts that are sensitive, hearts that are in tune. God, to hear your voice. And may we have the courage then to walk it out. And I pray your help, Holy Spirit, help us in this area. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.